0: that was something that gripped me and paralyzed me to the point where i was non-functional and what it ultimately was was i was gripped by the fear of dying
1: do you need a spiritual spark are you feeling run down or run over are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs this is fresh faith in real life Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler.
2: Welcome to episode number 17, and this week, Cancer, Fear, and Jesus. Continuing the conversation with Dave and Jan Dravecki. An inspiring story with a capital I. Our new Fresh Bread segment on the subject of patience. And who's our next guest? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. I'm John Fugler on the exit ramp of the Performance Christianity Highway. I'm an author of the devotional series called Your Life with God. A husband, father, and grandfather of eight, and most importantly, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You can find that in Philippians 3.8. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on the path to freedom in your walk with Christ. We all need nourishment, don't we? And not only physical nourishment, but spiritual nourishment. Uh, Three times a week, I send out a a short devotional, a 60-second read to encourage you in your walk with Christ. I've been doing that for, oh, about a year, and it had no name. (laughs) Now it has a name. I teased you at the beginning, it's called Fresh Bread, and it's named Fresh Bread because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's scripture-based. Now, this is something where we just give you a thought centered on scripture for your day. And I'd like to offer this to you. It's my fresh bread devotional email, sent them out three times a week. You just click the link in the show notes to get it. Or if you want to go to the website, you can click on 21 Day in the menu. And why would I do that? Because. Uh, I'll send you the 21 day fresh faith experience. I've been talking about that for the last few weeks. That's a devotional, and that'll get you started. And then you'll start getting the Devo, the fresh bread Devo emails that send out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So go ahead to freshfaith247.com and click on. 21 day or click the link in the show notes. Last week, uh, we had Dave and Jan Dravecki with us. They'll be back uh, in just a few moments here too. And what a powerful show. They, they told their story, and I'll tell you, that's heart-wrenching. Uh, this week, they'll go real deep. They'll talk about the fears they faced. And part of the conversation, um, this part was so moving. And so real, if it hasn't been moving already, but we we go even deeper on this. And as we think about fear, that's uh, kind of the topic this week, you know, fear, cancer. I'll say a little bit about patience in a bit, but we've been talking about fear in our small group. We did last week. That's been the, the sermon topic. It was that week at church, and so we talked about it further and studied God's Word about fear and we all shared a little bit about what our fears are. <laughs> we all have them. Uh, one of the books I'm reading is called Centering Prayer from Brian Russell and he uh, says this about fear. I think it really sums it up. He says, let's face it. we're all afraid of something. Most of us are afraid of many things. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Psychology teaches that fear drives us. We fear death. We fear being alone. We fear being bad parents. We fear not having enough money. We fear being found out. We fear letting others down. Uh, We fear that we are not enough. Well, thankfully, Brian gives us some solutions to those fears, but I'd have to agree with them. (laughs) I've got my fears. Some are ridiculous. Some aren't so ridiculous. They're, They're real. I went to the Word of God, and to Hebrews 13, 6, one of the fears that we can have is, well, people might think of us. So honestly, that's one of the fears I have. Uh, what, what will people think of me you know, if I step out and say something or do something? And, well, here's, here's what I found in Hebrews 13, 6. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is my helper. And I can say that with confidence. That is so cool. No matter what I'm going through, whatever fear I have, the Lord is my helper. He's right there with me. He's going through that with me. And as I studied that verse, I I spent an hour or two meditating on that verse and reading through it, praying through it. And it does give us confidence. So whatever fear you might be facing, uh, Try Hebrews 13, 6. Go to that. Uh, The Lord is our helper. We will not be afraid. There are other verses on facing our fears as well in Scripture, and you may have some of your your favorites. Let us know. I'll share it with others. It's time for our brand-new segment, or should I say a segment with a brand-new name? And It's not going to surprise you. I've used it once already. It's called Fresh Bread. In each of our podcasts, I've shared a, a short thought devotional message. And so, hey, I'm going to call it Fresh Bread because I'm already doing Fresh Bread inside the Fresh Faith community. We have Fresh Bread live twice a week, and it is a short devotional. So what I'll share today in this episode is a short devotional. So we'll keep it all together. And it's it's Fresh Bread. You think about bread. As I mentioned, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we want to dive into the Word of God. It's not opinion, my opinion, not your opinion, not our Christian leader's opinion, but it's God's Word that feeds us, feeds us. And so in this segment, Fresh Bread, we're going to go to God's Word, and I think uh, this verse today will hit home for you. But the topic is about patience. Our theme this month in the Fresh Faith 24-7 community is patience. And so patience and persistent prayer, I call it. The PPP. You don't get any money out of it. It's not the PPP loan. It's patience and persistent prayer. And there's no doubt about it that God develops our patience to grow our trust in him. Uh, think about a prayer request you've boldly pronounced to the Lord. You go before the Lord and you, you state it before God, not once, once. Not twice, not three times, but for months and years and still no answer. Again and again, you bring it before the Lord. And finally, out of exhaustion, after a stretch of no answer, it just kind of drifts off your prayer list, maybe popping back up from time to time. You know, that initial fervor as you brought it to God, it kind of has, it's fizzled. But God isn't the only one you give up on. How about a time when you've asked someone to do something for you? And after waiting and waiting and waiting, you just do it yourself. Uh, My wife leaves hints around the house when I get sidetracked, quote-unquote sidetracked, after she asks for help with something. Yeah, I do let things go. Like the ladder which is perched next to the garage shelves. Just the other day it was there, a reminder that the boxes on the floor were looking for their home. And I did finally follow through with that. But impatience with other people is one thing. But in, impatience with God? When you think about it, we, we have to be one proud person to think that we know better than God how and when to answer our prayers. That sounds pretty obvious, doesn't it? But we think about it, and I have to smile a little bit, because I tend to pray the answer to God rather than praying the request. And God has his timing. He has his yes and his no. No. He works all things for his glory. And bottom line, he is in charge. God wants us to trust him in his plans, not to convince him of ours. When we pray for health needs, family crises, uh, financial rescue, when we pray about our rebellious kids or anything else on our list, we're to wait on him. He's listening. He's listening. He wants us to trust. Now here's the fresh bread. From Psalm 27:14, I'm gonna serve it right up to you on a nice plate. Here's some warm bread. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Ah, one version says wait patiently. Wait patiently for the Lord. And so you don't beat yourself up too much as you hear this. Remember that the disciples failed the patience drill with Jesus the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus commanded them to sit here while I pray, he said in Mark 14, 32. In other words, wait. Jesus left for an hour, came back, and the disciples were snoozing, sound asleep. Jesus was out of sight, not a mind. And when he returned, Jesus addressed the ringleader. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Well, when we wait on God whether it be an hour or a lifetime. Our focus should go right to him. He becomes our hope, our trust, our answer, our everything. Waiting patiently for him isn't a chore. It's as much a part of our walk with him as reading the Bible. Living for Jesus means living with him, patiently trusting him. So I ask what's that long-standing issue that's been drifting in and out of your conversations with God out of, in and out of your prayer life bring it back to the forefront and wait patiently for him to answer in his time in his way. not only is he at work in that issue but he's working patience in you oh yeah and I'll serve up another slice of fresh bread here going back to that verse psalm 2714. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. With that, let's go to our featured interview. As I shared last week, uh, a friend recently gave me the book called Do Not Lose Heart. And it was written by a couple that I had lost touch with for two decades. So I reached out to them and they so graciously agreed to join me on the podcast. If you listened last week, you know we had a great time. Well, in that interview, we actually went for over an hour. So I broke the interview up into two shows, and what you're going to hear is part two of that interview. If you missed part one, go back and listen now, or you can listen after you hear this episode. It's it's rich. And in this episode, we talked a lot about one of the biggest things cancer victims face, and that is fear. Our guests were no different. They went through some of the darkest times, and the Lord met them in an amazing way to help them face their fears. Dave Dravecki was a, a stellar Major League Baseball pitcher whose story was all over the sports world three decades ago when he got cancer in his throwing arm. And amazingly, he recovered from his first bout and got back on the mound. But then it came back. It came back, and he actually had his left arm amputated his career came to an end. But as you heard last week, the Lord transformed Dave and his wife, Jan, so that they lead a powerful ministry called Endurance with Dave and Jan Dervecki. And let's hear more from that wonderful couple. In your book that I've been reading recently, Do Not Lose Heart, which is a timeless book, it's meditations of encouragement and comfort. And what it is, it's for for people going through suffering, going through cancer, going through pain, and it, it, it's your thoughts on that, but bringing God into the picture, scripture into the picture and talking about the the real things. And I want to recommend to our listeners to pick that up. And, and one of the things you, you talked about right in the opening chapter is you deal with fear. What are the fears that cancer victims face? And how did you deal with your fears? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Move on to the next question. My next question.
0: Uh, no, no. My response is, Um, I'm still dealing with them. And, you know, it's really interesting, uh, because that was something that gripped me and paralyzed me to the point where I was non-functional. And what it ultimately was, was I was gripped by the fear of dying, because I came to an intersection with my faith. And I was challenged in relationship to live as Christ and to die is gain. And when you come face to face with that reality, I had to deal with the real response. And the real response was, I'm not ready to die. So I don't see death as gain. And the beauty in that was, the beauty was that God's grace was sufficient in my struggle with death and that overwhelming fear because he wasn't going to leave me just because I couldn't say death is gain. It was, it was one thing to say to live as Christ. And it's another thing to say, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But when I'm faced with my mortality and dying, uh, and so God's been working on my heart over the years with this issue
1: as you've been reading through the word, yeah. to be honest with you.
0: And actually it's been the scriptures the last six years, the last five years. And I'm in my sixth year now uh, through the encouragement of a dear friend of mine. I've started reading through the Bible every year. Mm-hmm. And as I've done that, um, it's no longer about saying, oh my gosh, I did it. I read through the entire Bible. It's like, I can't wait to get up and get into it again today. Because what God is giving me is living water. What he's giving me is real food. What he's giving me is the understanding of who I am in relationship to him. And this is no longer about performance. This is about trust. This is about trusting in a God that loves me beyond my comprehension. This is about trusting in a God who says, Dave, even on your worst day, in your worst moments, with all your fears and all your anxieties and all your worries and all the other stuff you mess with i love you more than you can comprehend hmm. and it's that reality that is so overwhelming to me today that like the disciples who were in the boat and jesus calmed the water and their response was oh my gosh who is this because it was so overwhelming to them that they came they were coming face to face with the god of the universe who calms the sea and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's how we should all see God, because he is so incredibly amazing. And um, and his gift is so overwhelming in relationship to what he's given. And so that, that truth and that reality, to Jan's point, the word is transforming my heart. The word is slowly working its way through me, reducing the fear, reducing the anxiety, Because what is more important to me now is the hope. See, what the Bible has helped me to see is it's not over when things are done here on this earth. And all too often, we're afraid to think of death because we're so uncertain of the unknown. And the reality is we have the answer through Scripture of not what is unknown, but what is actually known. And there was a group um, years back, an a cappella group. And I can't remember their name, but they wrote a song called Life is a Dream and Heaven is Reality. And I guess what I'm moving into is the reality of heaven. And I'm enjoying the dream.
2: It sounds like you're going through a personal revival. That's what it sounds like. Jan is, is nodding your head for those yeah. who are listening. You can speak, honey. You it's yes, your turn, you Jan. Yes, Chime yes. in on that. Yes. It, I mean, it makes John. your marriage much better, doesn't it?
1: Oh, <laughs> it does.
2: But, but is, I, I mean, what's happening? I mean, the word is transforming your life. Let's go deeper into that. I mean, how are you approaching the word? It's not, you're not approaching the Bible as a book, but you're seeing the living God in it, I guess. Yes. And I, I the
1: work I, of the Holy
2: Spirit. Yep. Yeah, I am. Um, well, the other thing that, the other thing that has been so
0: beautiful, because every day in my journal, I write this to the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, I trust you in me to live through me. Your fruit is my fruit. And so I trust you to express that through my life as I come face to face with people every day. So I write out. That you live through me with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, and um, and then I write against such things there is no law, and the reason why I write it out every day, John, is because it's a reminder to me of the fact that the Spirit of the Living God lives in me now, because back in August of 1981. I invited Jesus into my life, and as a result of that, I've had the Holy Spirit that whole time, and what I've come to learn in relationship to this is someone just asked me um, yesterday, what is my favorite verse of the Bible? And I said, it's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10, and I said, the reason why is because, number one, it's a verse That as I look back over the last 11 years of my life, even though that verse, I'll never forget 1981, reading that verse in the little red pocket, red letter, um, Gideon's little pocket Bible, Mm -hmm. I pulled out and I read. When I looked at that verse back then, I didn't know how important it would be to me 11 years ago when I went through a, a transformation of sorts. In, in and trans, being transformed from this Christian living out of performance to this follower of Jesus living out of trust. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no man can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he God prepared in advance for us to do. I was blown away by that last verse. I went in the Living uh, Bible translation, mm-hmm. yeah. New Living Bible translation, and the word replaced for workmanship is masterpiece. And so when I read that, I go, oh my gosh, for we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he God prepared in advance for us to do. That's what this free gift of grace does for us, it makes us God's masterpiece. That was so transformational for me 11 years ago when I read, read a book called The Cure that, I mean, it's, it's, it's like throwing something on the wall. Jan's rubbing my leg right now because I'm going crazy. But <laughs> preach it, brother. <laughs> when, you, when you throw stuff on the wall and it doesn't stick or it sticks for a little bit and then it falls off. That's how I am with all these books I read and I get passionate and then it sticks for a while and then it falls off. I read The Cure. And that baby's not only stuck, but what God did was he branded it on the heart. Mm. And so now I'm his masterpiece, John. You're
1: becoming.
0: Well, no, no. I want to give you credit now. Okay. Because that's exactly what Jan does. Every time I say I'm his masterpiece, she interrupts me and she says, babe, you are his masterpiece, but never forget, you're still becoming that masterpiece. And that's the lifelong journey. But man, living out of that place um, with a hunger um, to visit with God every morning um, has been so transformational in relationship to your original question on what is fear doing in your life? That's
2: great. Um, And Jan, as you uh, counsel, um, see people take phone calls, folks who are going through pain and suffering cancer and they're going through that fear. How do you counsel them? What do you say?
1: I do a lot of listening, John. And I do a lot of validating that, you know, a lot are ashamed that they're experiencing such fear. I know Dave felt ashamed that he experienced such fear. So my my response to them is validating that it's human to be fearful. And and then the encouragement would, at a later time, would be why not to be fearful. And um, hopefully to um, develop a relationship with them where they would trust me enough to ask me for my, opinion or the reason for my hope or how did I face the fears and then I'm able to give them scripture um, that I lived off of that Mm. were my lifeline Um, and one of them was 2nd Corinthians 4 16 through 18 which do not lose heart is written all around which is therefore we do not lose hope though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day For our Uh our light and And momentary momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. And hopefully being able to share with them the eternal perspective of life, which cancer caused us. To have an eternal perspective on life, and what an eternal perspective does, it enriches everything. It causes you to to um, emphasize relationships, and and um, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, and and you know, John, I think I think fear. You know, I still have fear. I mean, so I don't I don't think I can I don't think I can encourage someone to think that fear will go away. I think, I think um, number one, we're all wired so differently. And I still wrestle with fear, but God's diminishing that fear. You know, so I don't like throwing out, well, the scripture says you're not to be afraid. Fear mm-hmm. only fear man or don't don't fear man, fear God. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, At the end of the day, fear is a very real part of the emotions that God gives us. And there's a healthy part of fear that is important in our lives. It protects us. Mm -hmm. It causes us to maybe pause and think through what we're about to enter into. Um, And so the greatest struggle that we've seen in the Christian community is that somehow um, some really clever phrases and words can bring conviction and transform a heart. Hmm. And as long as we can think through what those are and get them out as quickly as we can, then we've done our job. But nobody wants to stay in the story for a long time. Nobody wants to build, very few choose to build the relationships that are necessary in order to be able to help someone walk through that fear. Mm -hmm. Because it's been a journey with Jan walking with me through my fears. With with my friends, my, my buddy Don, who I walk with almost every day, walking with me and encouraging me along the way. And it's and it's a level of trust that allows me to let somebody know what's actually going on inside of me. And so I, I think dealing with stuff like fear um, with someone who's just been diagnosed with cancer, it to Jan's point, is to engage with them and give them a space to be able to ultimately gain enough trust with Jan to be able to express that fear where she can then walk them through her story around fear or my story around fear and how God continues to work on our hearts. But that the important thing is that every day in the midst of that fear, we're leaning into him more and more. Hmm. And, And how do we lean into him? through the fellowship and friendship of others, through relationship, which is tangible. See, what I believe in my heart of hearts is that when I say God's faithful, it's because he put her in my life. And through her, he's shown me his faithfulness. Through my friends that have come into my life, he's shown me how much he loves me and cares for me. By the way, they love me and care for me. I believe God designed and created us for fellowship with him and with others. And in fellowshipping with others, it's actually walking with them through the good, bad, and the ugly, and not trying to fix them, but doing the thing that we are called to do through the Apostle John, and that's to love one another. And we will will show the world as brothers and sisters in Christ by our love, the power of the gospel. And that's no matter whether you're suffering through pain and suffering, you're persecuted somewhere in a country that doesn't believe in God and persecutes Christians. I mean, when I think of persecution and suffering, it's really hard to distinguish, um, you know, to look at and see the significance of my own suffering when I know that there are people out there who are suffering because they believe in Jesus. They believe in him. And that doesn't diminish my suffering, don't get me wrong but it keeps it in perspective, knowing that as long as I'm moving towards him, no matter what comes my way, no matter what my circumstances, I can trust him through it. And uh, even in the midst of the uncertainty.
2: I would encourage our listeners to get, do not lose heart, because you talked about eternal perspective. This book is, is, and the, the thread of the eternal perspective is through this. And you bring in scripture, you bring in some stories here. It's real life. This isn't just theoretical. It's not just theology. It's real life. And you weave God's word into this. You, I can just, after, as as our listeners listen to this interview and they read the book, they're gonna they're gonna hear you in this.
0: If there's someone out there that's listening and they're suffering, or they know someone who's suffering. On our homepage, there is a tab you can click on for an encouragement gift box that we send at no cost. It's our gift to you. And in it usually is do not lose heart.
1: Oh, it's always in there. It's always in there.
0: Okay. And we we did a Bible with Johnny Erickson Tata called the Encouragement Bible that will go in there and there's reflections on 1,700 pages of the Bible on each um, column on the outer sides of the pages of the Bible are words of encouragement and reflections from saints of the past and saints of the present, and uh, and along with a couple other resources that we provide. So um, yeah, it's really easy to just go to the website and you can get any of that stuff. I'll do want.
2: that. I'll, get, I'll put a link in the show notes to that, and that's a great place to go, that whole package. And I have to say, um, I did request one of those for a friend who's going through cancer, and your team was so gracious in sending that out. That was a real ministry to them. And I've experienced what you're talking about there, your work with endurance, any stories that have come back to you as the impact of that ministry and what you've been able to, to see God doing in people's lives. I'll put you on the spot here. Oh, no, you don't.
0: You're not putting me on the spot at all because it's so fresh. There's a little boy that I met and I will call him Peter, the powerhouse. And I met Peter when he was a little boy, nine years old, and he had been battling cancer. And so since we, he was we, like
1: 18 months. Right? Yeah, since
0: he was 18 months. And, and so he was struggling uh, with his leg, and the, the cancer was in his leg, and they were doing all they could to try and save the leg, but things weren't going very well. And when I met him at nine years of age, uh, obviously you could tell the parents were very concerned. And I was actually at a men's event that I was about to speak at in Philadelphia at a Calvary church, and they were having a breakfast for a group of families that were struggling with cancer and other afflictions, and they were ministering to them, which was so beautiful to experience. And that's where I met little Peter. Well, all of a sudden, um, one day I get a phone call, uh, probably about four years ago. It's been four or five years now, Um, and it's his mom. And she goes, Dave, I I wanted to talk to you about something because as you know, we've continued to struggle with Peter and, and I have a question for you. We're considering whether or not to have Peter's leg amputated. What do you think? And I was like, what do I think? I said, I can't answer that. I said, this is a decision that only you can make. But I said, you're in the best possible place for your son to be cared for. And I said, let me respond by saying this, knowing all I know about Peter's story and everything that you guys have gone through. You've come to the end of your rope and you now have a critical decision to make. If it were my son, I'd be having his leg amputated. But just know I can't tell you what to do. That would be what I would do if it were my son. And then there was silence on the phone. And she goes, thank you. She goes, we've already made our decision and you've just helped us confirm it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Don, this is amazing. I said, okay, I'm praying for you guys. I want to make sure that everything goes okay. So he goes through the amputation and now he's got to go to school and face his kids. He's got his prosthetic. This is fast forward post-surgery, and all this has happened, and now he's getting ready to go to school. And I get a call again from Don, and she goes, Dave, uh, Peter doesn't want to go to school. He doesn't think his friends are going to like him. They're going to make fun of him. He's so fearful of going to school. And so I said, put Peter on the phone. So I had the opportunity to talk to Peter and encourage him through it, and I said, look, I want to just say one last thing. I said, "Does your mom and dad love you? Yeah. Just the way you are? Yeah. I said, do you know I love you just the way you are? Yes. I said, even more important than your mom and dad and me, God loves you just the way you are, Peter. So you go there and you hold your head up high and you be proud of who Peter Powerhouse is on your first day of school. And don't worry about what your buddies say. And I said, but I'm gonna tell you something. Don't be surprised if they really dig you the way you are. And all of a sudden they're coming up and saying hello and you're gonna end up with the best day of your life. So I want you to call me after you go to school. Well, John, I got that call. He was so excited. He goes, you were right. You were right. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. (laughs) I didn't want to mess that one up. So All of a sudden, Peter decided he wanted to take his story and, like us, help others. And so when when he turned 16 he and his family called and asked what was the process in establishing a nonprofit so that he could help others. And today they have the Peter powerhouse foundation and they help cancer kids in hospitals and they take wagons full of goodies for the kids and distribute them in the hospital. So that story is so powerful to us. And here's why. Number one, we had the opportunity through endurance to enter into this story of this family. It's sacred ground, John. And so when you're invited in, you treat it like sacred ground. It was a privilege and an honor to walk with them through this process. From the time that I met them to the time of the amputation and the decision to the time of going to school on that first day, to the rejoicing afterwards and realizing people loved him just the way he was to the reality that now he could take his story after watching our story end up being what it was and do the same thing for others where he lives. And, And it's just been the most beautiful thing to watch that when someone goes through suffering and experiences what he experienced at such a young age, to be able to walk through that valley and by getting to the other side, realizing the significance of his story to be able to help others is what this is all about. That's what every story is about, John. No matter whether you've gone through cancer or not, because I'm convinced we all have a story, and every one of us is responsible with that story to give it to others. And so it was just a privilege, and we still connect with them today. He um, he's at college in Nashville, and. Um, He's just a wonderful young man and uh, just celebrated, I think, his 19th birthday, Uh, wished him a happy birthday. And and so, you know, that's what endurance is all about. Mm. And his story is a story of endurance. And the beauty of his story through endurance is that he's not just surviving, he's thriving. Mm. He's thriving. And that's what the word endurance means, to thrive. We will endure this journey, but we're not just here to survive it. We're here to thrive through it. And, uh, and so that's oh, that's great. That's, that's I a love good.
2: that. I love that. And I've got your uh, website pulled up here and uh, uh, the resources that are available. Uh, go to endurance.org and uh, it's really neat what you're doing. Uh, God's mm-hmm. using you in a really special way. Um, we're, we're really grateful. Uh, and I know during COVID uh, you were speaking a lot uh, for decades leading up to COVID. It was shut down, but you're back on the speaking trail again. I, I, I noticed that on your calendar.
0: Yeah. Yep. Things are starting to pick up again, which I'm, I'm so grateful for. Yeah. It's, and, you know, during COVID, what was really interesting was we got to start getting a lot of requests for Jan's book, A Joy I'd Never Known, which is her journey through depression. And a lot of folks were experiencing that. And so we ended up sending a lot of those books out to people who were going through depression.
2: Is that available uh, on your website as well? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. The Joy I'd Never Known? I yes. A, jo- a joy. A I've joy never I'd never known. So if people want to, if you want to find out where, where Dave and Jan, do you speak together uh, when you go or?
0: We're, we're starting to, which is really cool.
2: Okay, yeah. good. Well, the schedule's on the website and uh, I see a few dates start to populate there. So if people want to get a hold of you. Uh, they just go to your website and there's a contact us uh, page there. Yes. Yep. And 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 there's
0: three of us. Connie is our assistant who manages the ministry for us um, from where she lives. And then the two of us deal with the content and the person contact with people. And so anytime somebody wants to get in touch with us through the website info at endurance.org, Connie will send that directly to us and we see every one of them.
2: Closing words, uh, someone who is going through cancer right now, what would you say to them? Mm.
0: Let people in don't push people away. Don't feel like you're a burden. Let people in. And as you let people in, lean on those people to get you through. And in the process, in the process, don't be surprised when you see God show up.
2: Can you see why I couldn't cut anything out of that interview with Dave and Jan? What a powerful, inspiring story they ended with. Uh, Let me give you their website again, where there are a lot of resources, including that care package they talked about that you can order. It's free of charge for someone you know is going through cancer, endurance.org, endurance.org. And I'll also have a link in the show notes to their site and their books. What do you think of this show with Dave and Jan? Or maybe you listened last week too, and they had a profound effect on your life. Well, share that here, and we'll share it with others. Next week, we're going to hear from someone who's going to talk to us about friendship with God. Do you have guests you'd like to recommend for me? Someone who you see God working in their life and their relationship with Jesus is just so intimate, it's growing, and you just want to find out more why. <laughs> well, I'll ask the why question and many other things. We'll dig into their life because in the story that they have, can have an impact on other people's lives. If you've got somebody in mind that you'd like to recommend for the show, then by all means, please let me know, and I'll reach out and contact them. You can email me at john at freshfaith247.com. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. So I really, really wanna wanna hear about who you have in mind, and I can talk with them and we'll we'll look at that further. Hey, be sure to get your Fresh Bread Devos three times a week from me. Just click the link in the show notes to sign up. Or if you go to my website, click on 21 Day in the menu, and I'll get you started with the 21-day Fresh Faith Experience. It's free. It'll draw you to Jesus, and then I'll follow up on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays with a 60-second read in your email box that can help get you going during the day. And uh, you just go ahead and get a hold of me. I'll do that. There's a link in the show notes. Fresh Faith 24-7 is a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus. If that's something you need, then uh, join our membership at freshfaith247.com. That's it for this week. Powerful, wasn't it? And next week, we're going to turn the corner a little bit, and we're going to talk about friendship with God, and you'll meet our guest. I'll see you next Wednesday.